Hello, this is Charles, and we'll be talking about difficult decisions. You see, making decisions are one of the primary things a human being has to do. In fact, being able to live the next day is still a decision that every human being makes. Making decisions, making right decisions, making tough decisions, they are not one and the same. They differ and one leads to the other. But if you do not know how to make decisions, life is going to be a lot tougher for you. So making tough decisions is better than not even making decisions. I'm going to be giving you scenarios and stories about how I've been able to make decisions for myself in different aspects. And I hope that these stories will be able to encourage you to make decisions, no matter how difficult they are. Because in the end, it's the decisions you make that make you who you are. This is Charles, and this is story one in difficult decisions. Many years ago when I was growing up, I decided that um, I loved to take care of livestock, so I was going to read agricultural um, engineering. It played out in my head for so many years, but along the line, I found out that I was influenced with the livestock my parents kept, and that was what gave me that idea that this was what I wanted to do. But as I grew older, I found out that that wasn't what I wanted to do. Coincidentally, when I wrote Jump, I had this um, Christian religious knowledge teacher who went with me to check my results. And when we got the results, I was told to um, go register for agricultural science. Agricultural science, agriculture engineering. I think it was agricultural engineering in the university and she was so happy she was like congratulations you've gotten admission and i said i don't like this course now she didn't know that this had been my passion when i was growing up agricultural engineering isn't it and she looked at me and said this could be the will of god this was my my um christian religious knowledge teacher saying this and i told her i said no this is not the will of God for me. At that age, I didn't take up that admission to read agricultural engineering because I seriously didn't have a passion for it. You see, at that point, it may look as if I was making a harsh decision, um, but I didn't even know much. I was just acting based on my passion. Um, think the next year or a couple of years later, I got admission to read electrical engineering. And I got in and I began to read this. I read it for four, five years. I graduated um, in the sixth year to the University of Technology. And on coming out, I assured myself that I wasn't going to practice electrical engineering. And somebody says, what is actually wrong with you? Now, the reason was in 200 level, I discovered that I was passionate about computers, even though I knew nothing about it. So I went ahead to seek knowledge and as I began to ask questions about computers, I met somebody who was willing to teach me hardware repairs and I learned hardware repairs, I learned programming, I learned database, I learned networking and I found out that this was what I wanted to do. So irrespective of the course I was reading in the university, my mind was already tailored towards computers and I focused my energy and everything I had in computers. Yes, I graduated. Uh, from electrical engineering department 
but you see everybody knew me for computer so it was it was not strange when i decided that i wasn't going to practice electrical i knew what i read i understood what i was taught in school and i could have been a very great engineer if i had continued in that path but you see i had found my love in computers and i remember my mom telling me that i was um what did she call me i think maybe i was a foolish child or a stupid child that who goes to school for six years to read a course and comes out saying categorically that he wasn't going to practice the course this is me many years later i've not practiced that course for one single day in my life but you see i have a life and i've mentored a lot of people in computers it was a very difficult decision to take do you know what it means to come out with a certificate and not practice with it do you know what it means to come out and tell your parents that after all you have read in this course you're not ready to go back but you see i made that decision it was difficult and i was able to stand by the rewards or the consequences and so far the rewards have far outweighed the consequences it was a difficult decision but i made it because i already had knowledge in this area i was passionate about it and i knew how much energy i was willing to put into it when you make difficult decisions don't make it based on emotions don't make it based on maybe how much you've invested make it based on how much you are willing yet to invest this is story one Hello, this is Charles, and this is story two of difficult decisions. Earlier, when I started my career as a lecturer, um, the money was nothing to write home about. Presently, still nothing to write home about. But you see, I had a desire. And I always try to make sure that my desires um, come to life as far as they are righteous. I love cars and I needed to buy a car. Now this was me on a federal government salary. I was going to wait for a very long time to get a car. And the easiest way to get a car was to take a loan. I wasn't going to take a loan that um, wasn't going to be plugged into business. A loan that I was going to spend on liability instead of assets. I wasn't going to be doing that. So I decided that I was going to take a very very tough decision and the decision was i was going to save to get my car now i wasn't going to save and buy the car when it becomes convenient i'm going to inconvenience myself make my savings and then be able to buy that car and i began to save i first of all made a rough estimate of how much it cost me to get the car of my choice at that time and i found out that with the salary i was earning i will have to save for more than a year so I got into a contribution with a group of people and normally you save 50,000 naira per contribution. I decided to save 100. That means I was supposed to be two people, two different entities in that contribution section. And I remember the head asking me, Charles, are you sure you can cope with this? I said, yes. Now I was receiving salary of less than 100,000 and I was going to save 100,000 naira per month. It simply meant I didn't have a salary and i even needed more money to complete the contribution i started the contribution and i didn't stop until 16 months later so it simply means that i saved my salary for one year and four months without touching it 
and not just that the salary was enough i had to do other things to make sure i top up the salary to get up to a hundred thousand i was able to um make up to um, i think i had 1.6 i had 1.6 million then but i had put in some amount of money into the business so i was able to augment and get a car that i needed now that decision was tough on many counts it was also a bit easy because i was single so whatever i ate what i didn't eat what i bought what i didn't buy was my business there was nobody to speak into that matter right i knew the discomfort i knew the inconvenience and i was ready to take it so that could have made the decision a bit easier but it was still a tough decision why because i had to mortgage i had to forgo money and all the luxury and every single thing that came with it and i had to save all my salary to get the car i was happy i took that decision it was very tough and probably right now i won't be able to take that decision because there are so many other variables that are dependent on it but you see then it was easier and that is why i advocate that you take harder decisions earlier in life take it now it will be easier now than it will be tomorrow or next week or next month or next year it's easier taking now some of these decisions do not get easier but you see when you start taking up tough and difficult decisions now it makes you um a bit accustomed to it it may not make the next decision easier but it will make your shoulders stronger this is my second story on difficult decisions hello this is charles this is story three on difficult decisions and this has to do with uh, my marriage i'm Igbo by tribe from abia state and you see every parent especially if they married from the same state and tribe we always want their children to have the same experience or even better and it's always safer to remain in the tribe a number of people say that you have the same language you have the same culture and probably the same upbringing or not too far apart my parents desired I will marry an Igbo lady and I also desired so. But you see, there are stages you encounter in life, you know that it's not tribe that answers some tough questions. I got to the point I had to decide by myself and say, oh God, I'm not going to wait upon an Igbo lady. I need you to give me a lady that I would love and find peace with. And you see, that had to change a lot. When it got to the point I was going to get married, it was obvious I was not going to marry an Igbo lady. My parents were not so comfortable with it. A number of friends were not comfortable with it. Some elders were not comfortable with it. But I was comfortable. Being comfortable does not mean the decision was not tough. I took a decision to marry from a tribe that my parents probably were not comfortable with. But you see, I had to look at what my marriage was all about. Was I looking to satisfy a tribe? Was I looking to satisfy a culture? Was I looking to um, um, satisfy my parents' desires for me? Yes, even if they wanted the best for me. But I needed to check and know that you see this marriage, I was the one walking into it. I'll be the one to bear, to endure and to enjoy whatever comes out of it. So the earlier I made a decision that I can live with, the easier it will be for me making that difficult decision helped me not to blame anyone in case i have challenges 
I know I took this decision. And since I know that even a number of people were not in support, it simply meant I had to cross-check my decision over and over again before taking it. I prayed a lot, I cried to God, I sought advice and counsel, I did a lot of things, I sought knowledge, I was observant, I tried to be sensitive because I knew this was a tough decision, not just because marriage is a decision that could be tough, but because even marrying outside your tribe can be tougher and it even gets tougher along the line if the people in your family who are supposed to love you and who love you are saying do not go this path we have experience go this path but if you dare to trust god your path is straight and sincere and you have enough knowledge and counsel there are some difficult decisions you will take and not regret it it will not make the decision easier it wouldn't make it less tougher no but you'll be sure that in that tough decision you have found peace as far as my marriage is concerned and i'm not saying this because you are listening but i have peace in my home and this was the peace i desired when i went after the woman that become my wife i looked at the peace i needed much more than the formality or the conformity to a tribe or to a culture when you make decisions do not base it on what people are saying do not base it on the status quo look at your future look at what you want to achieve look at your desire look at the price that you are going to pay for peace with respect to that decision and when you've considered all those things you will know that the decision is difficult to take but it won't stop you from taking it this is story three Hello, this is Charles, and this is story four in difficult decisions. Um, when I discovered my skill in computers and started a business, I continued in that business. And over time, the business expanded, so I needed to open another shop. I had opened two shops. In fact, I had three shops at a, at a time, and I sat down to analyze. I had an offer of a fourth shop in the same location, but I had a shop that was inside town, which was a different location. Now, that was the only shop in town, and I already had two other shops at the other side of town. Now, I was getting a third offer of a shop at the other side of town, and I told myself I can't handle four shops. I needed to close one shop. It could have been easier to close a shop in this other side of town, I already had two shops and I was going to take up a third one. But you see, when I weighed the proceeds of the shop, not the location, but the results from the business, I found out that the shops that were um, already two on this other side of town were doing far better than that singular shop over there. That singular shop had the space. It had the visibility. It was in town. It was not a seasonal business. But you see, everything seemed perfect on the surface. When I checked my financial books, money wasn't coming in. One of the reasons of opening that shop was to make profit because you need profit to keep your business running. But I wasn't seeing the profit. I checked my books, I checked the sales, I checked everything, and I found out that that shop was doing worse than any other shop. I decided that it was time to close the shop. It was a painful 
decision. It wasn't just difficult, it was painful. Why? Because the complex was nice, there was space, wonderful toilet, good, you know, the visibility, you could easily describe it to people and all that. I'd made friends in the complex. Everything seemed to be going well. But you see, financially, I wasn't moving forward. Was I making profit? Yes. But not the amount of profit that would bail me out when I needed a bailout. And so I had to painfully close the shop. And I moved all the goods from that shop to the other shops. People kept asking, ah, we didn't see your shop, we didn't see your signboard, have you closed? And you know, it even got to a time that I began to reason. People would think I'm failing in business, people would think I'm not strong enough, people would think I can't carry through. And I told myself, it doesn't matter what people think. I've checked my books and this was the right thing to do. It was really a tough decision. Thank God my wife agreed to it and we were able to close. And you see, after we had closed that shop, we concentrated our resources on these other shops and we have actually been doing well. Sometimes when you take a decision, do not look at the exterior. Do not look at what is surrounding it. Check behind the books and see if you are really progressing. If you are not progressing, it may just be time to take that decision. The fact that um, you are moving does not mean that you are changing location. You can actually be on a roundabout and going around the same circle without making progress. Movement is not progress. But movement in the right direction could be termed progress. This is story four. Hello, this is Charles, and this is Story 5 in Difficult Decisions. Um, I did my master's in the University of Ibadan, Nigeria, and I had an experience. It wasn't the best of experiences, but it was good. I met nice people, I met lecturers who knew what they were saying, the environment was challenging, and um, generally I enjoyed knowledge dissemination. But you see, I didn't want to come back to UI. In fact, I wasn't satisfied with the masters I read. I wanted to take up another masters. But I remember my supervisor telling me that I'll still feel the same way even if I did another masters. He said, proceed with your PhD and I'll be willing to supervise you if you'll be coming back to UI. And so because of that, I decided to go back to University of Ibadan and I started my PhD and with the same supervisor, the same department. So I was at home, right? I applied for a scholarship and I was able to get a scholarship and it was nice. They were paying me every year. Two years down the line, I looked at how far I had gone in my PhD and I had to tell myself the truth. I was on scholarship for those two years. So I had the advantage of um, money, which was even much more than the school fees. So I had some extra change from it. I had the advantage of a supervisor who supervised me in my master's, so we understand ourselves. I was in the department and I wasn't a stranger to members of the department. I wasn't a stranger to Badon. I had a number of contacts in the fellowship, outside the campus, in the hostels, in different sections of the school. But you see, the reason I came to the school was for a PhD. And when I looked at my PhD progress, I found out I wasn't progressing as much as I wanted. And I had to call my supervisor and say, sir, this is what I've noticed. I'm not focused on this PhD and I think I need to pause it. And he wasn't happy about that. He said, Charles, drop your crutches. 
you are doing better than every other person and i think you should continue but you see my mind had left ui i was looking for something better and i couldn't find it in ui i made a decision and i told myself i'm leaving this school i'm leaving the scholarship i'm leaving everything i know and i'm looking for something that i know that i will get i began to look for schools and i was able to get in touch with somebody who told me about landmark university i quickly applied to landmark university and within few weeks i was able to get the admission they were in their um, admission phase then and when i got into landmark i knew that this is what i have been looking for now landmark is barely 11 12 years ui has been there for ages ui has seasoned lecturers and they've made a lot of name within and outside the country ui was just a starter university with barely a decade in experience but when i got to ui i saw every single thing that i didn't see in ui there was constant light there was 24 hours internet the environment was conducive the staff was welcoming the environment was challenging to move you to the next level and you see when i saw young people everywhere when i saw how orderly the whole place was how straight the calendar was no strikes no intimidations no official demons i said this is what i've been looking for now it was a tough decision to even decide to leave ui based on the scholarship and the common ground i had with the department and the staff to go to a place where i didn't know in fact my supervisor told me during my masters he said charles if you want to go for your phd better to be where people already know you than to start to create relationships somewhere else what he said made a lot of sense but you see i have a desire for my PhD, I know what I needed to learn. I already knew what the concept was like in UI. I needed to try somewhere else. I was paying, I am paying two, three times more than what I was paying in UI without even a scholarship right now. But you see, my heart has still found peace and I'm more encouraged to do my PhD. Some decisions are very tough and only you can understand. In fact, it got to a point my wife did not understand why I had to move. My supervisor promised me that in the next one year, he'll be releasing me in UI. And I felt, why? In the next one year, I'll be a doctor, but will you be proud of the doctor you become? The answer was no. I had to move. Very difficult decision. Losing two years of PhD in a school where you are known, where you had a scholarship and everything. And moving to a place where there's no scholarship, you are paying two, three times more, and you are going to create new relationships. It's a very tough call. But I'm glad I made the call and I do not regret it. There are tough calls you need to make. Make them now. This is story five. Okay, this is Charles and this is story six in difficult decisions. Alright, so um, this story is about... Um, a business I had with a client and things didn't go the right way and I had to take a tough decision. It so happened that um, a young lady asked me to get her laptop and laptop was almost 300,000 Naira, about 285,000 Naira and she dropped a deposit of 250. So I went ahead and I got the laptop and I told her your laptop, um, um, you can pick up your laptop once you complete the balance of 35,000 naira. 
some weeks down the line she came up saying ah, i'm really sorry my auntie just got me a new laptop and i don't know if i can get a refund and i said wow a refund i've already bought your laptop i was just waiting for you to balance me up and then pick up the laptop and she said eh, okay please so how do we do it i said you have to wait for me to sell off your laptop and then refund you the money and she said okay i hope you sell it off soon one week later this lady comes back to say sorry sir, i haven't seen the alert what is going on and i said did you forget our last discussion i said i have to sell the laptop before i refund you your laptop is yet to be sold and she went oh no 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 please i'll need that money it's my father's money and he needs his money please whatever it is you can do try and pay me back in the next few days and i said what the hell is going on here do you not understand that you asked for a product and then you went back saying you do not want it you have to wait until i sell it and she said my father is putting me under pressure and i said send me your father's number i'll speak with him i believed her father would be reasonable but he wasn't he was worse instead he was giving me deadlines and saying my daughter didn't ask you to buy a laptop she kept money with you believing that uh, when she completes she would take the laptop and what are you saying you need to pay back the money and I said, sir, it's like you don't understand what is going on. If somebody deposits that amount of money, it simply means she has committed herself. I could go ahead and get the laptop. And he said no. And that if I do not comply, he was going to send soldiers to me. And I said, well, is that a threat? And he said, no, he wasn't making threats. But if it has to take that. And so I got a call from a soldier saying all manner of things. I also had friends who were soldiers and I contacted them. And it became a battle of soldier to soldier. So this soldier calls, this soldier calls, this soldier calls. And it got to a point that people were now beginning to call and say, my name is um, Susan, so you have an issue with this person. And I didn't like how it was going. Now, one of the soldiers I had contacted called me and said, um, Charles, your name is going around the barracks concerning this issue. And a number of people do not even understand what is going on. Some of the soldiers that have called you do not know the transaction you had with your client. But you see, their superiors have given them a task and they will carry it out. Simply because they want to please their bosses and it affects their appraisal. Charles, I think for the sake of peace, find a way to refund this lady her money. I said, but sir, you know the condition. He said, yes, I know. But you are becoming popular unnecessarily. And you see, some of these soldiers can be punished. If they don't get, um, if they don't carry out the task their um, superiors have asked them to do with respect to this case, so um, some other people could feel that you are affecting their progress by not allowing them carry out the task, irrespective of what agreement you and your clients had. And you see, I thought about this and I told myself this is the truth. This is a difficult client, a very ungrateful client, and one who is not reasonable. But you see, the story that she has gone about telling and the involvement of soldiers simply means that I'm probably being stubborn about a situation. Nobody wants to listen to my side. And I said, for the sake of peace, I'll refund this lady. And I said, I'll do it instrumentally. I called the dad and he said, no, he doesn't want to hear such a thing. I should pay the money completely. And I said, what type of human beings are these? But you see, it was a very difficult decision for me to handle because I knew this was my right. I understood. I had the picture of every single chat that we had with respect to that business. And every normal person who understands English will know that the lady was at fault and she had to wait. But you see, as I speak to you, I've refunded over half the money. 
the laptop is yet unsold but i've had to look for money elsewhere to make that refund not because i'm foolish not because i'm weak not because i'm scared but because i value my peace above unnecessary drama sometimes when you need to make difficult decisions it may benefit the other person on the surface but it benefits you more beneath the surface check your peace how much are you willing to sacrifice that soldier said something and he said with the way your name is going popular around this town and these barracks it is not for something good i don't think you like this kind of popularity try to sort it out and that's exactly what i did one of the very difficult decisions i've taken in recent times but i'm glad i did it because i'm still alive i'm struggle i'm stronger and i've learned how to handle um my emotions in this kind of situation i'll be careful next time and i hope not to get into this position because it was really really a tough decision this is story six